Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaking. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute, something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy wonder, I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Cape Crusader. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gato, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. I've been in this town so long and back in the city I've been taken for a lost and gone And I've known for a long, long time Fell in love years ago with an innocent girl From the Spanish and Indian home From up to Nero's and Eventually brought her down But she's still dancing in the night Unafraid of what it do, do In a town full of heroes and I'm your host, Stella, and this is Batgirl to Oracle to Batgirl, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 25 for July MMXI. Episode 25 is most definitely brought to you by Spider-Man Crawl Space, um, hosted by Brad Douglas, the creator and webmaster of the podcast and the actual site. He actually helped me get into San Diego Comic-Con as press, and also it's Brought to you by the Batman Universe uh, with the webmaster Dustin. And wow, very big props and a shout out to Dustin for letting me be involved in such great interviews and really uh, trusting me to be professional and I guess get the job done. So, very thank you so much for that. Bad Girl to Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. Now, if you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. Examples of the prices you may encounter are October's Batgirl number no. 2 and Birds of Prey number no. 2, both for $2.69. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. 
So from the 20th to the 25th, I was indeed at the San Diego Comic Con 2011, and it was perhaps one of the top three life experiences that I have ever had. And up to that point, you know, when I actually arrived, I thought, well, this is probably going to be a once in a lifetime experience. I can't really you know, financially invest uh, years, every year to to go here all the time. But once you get there, you know, your tune kind of changes. And now I'll be saving my pennies to go next year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There were some really great things that happened, and I definitely want to do an episode, kind of a highlight reel, with Donovan Morgan Grant and Josh Bertoni again. But just uh, to give you an idea, Wednesday night is, is preview night, and you don't really do too much. You can buy things, but really the, the smart thing to do is to wait until Sunday to purchase all your goodies because prices start getting knocked down. People want to get rid of... Uh, basically all of their stock so they don't have to pack it up and um, and bring more things back than they need to. So, man, five minutes into Exhibition Hall, Josh Donovan and myself, uh, we, we, we uh, I guess, turn around or, you know, right next to us is Dan DiDio. And that kind of just set the tone for the entire trip. Uh, it was just great to walk around the Exhibition Hall the first night and, and just get a real sense of what was going on. What was funny is that um, earlier Josh had asked, you know, how do you deal with crowds? And I said, oh, they're fine. But the thing about me is I, I get separated from my party often because I'm a small person and I just kind of go wherever the, the water goes. And that actually happened the first night. I get separated from Josh and Don and then, you know, I have to set up and we're we going to meet? Well, let's meet in front of the, the Batman costume. Thursday, the, the, the first day for um, panels and everything, and, and the thing about going f- to this convention for the first time, you learn a lot, so really it, it's, it's best to come back a second time because you don't have as much of a learning curve to go through. So I had wanted to go to a Covert Affairs, which is a show on USA, a Covert Affairs panel, and I thought, well, if I go into the line 30 minutes before, it should be fine. No, 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 that's not what you do. For TV shows and movies, you have to get in line at least three hours before the panel starts. I was in line, and the panel started at 11, and right next to me was someone in line for a panel that started at 3, the Game of Thrones. So, if that's any indication... And then other panels, depending on their their popularity, like Avatar or, of course, DC, the new 52, is the big thing this year, you kind of have to get in at least an hour before. So panel, I I did certainly learn a lot, especially the first day, and then I just kind of corrected myself after that and, and knew what I had to do. Thursday evening, I... Thanks again to Dustin for letting me get into the interview Batman Arkham City. And so I was five feet, within five feet of Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. So that was great. And then we went to the actual panel because that was the interview section. We went to the actual panel. And that was a story in and unto itself. Let's just say some illegal things happened. But I think it's probably best to have some people that were with me explain that. Friday evening was the the big Batman Year One interview and then panel session, and again, I was allowed to go in there, and 
Dustin very kindly let me interview Lauren Montgomery. And of course, if you've seen the videos on my site, of course, I asked her about Batgirl Year One. Who knows, you know, if that's going to happen. And I also interviewed Katie Sackhoff. And I was supposed to interview Eliza Dushku, but unfortunately she did not show up. And then 30 minutes after that interview panel, I was allowed to go in with Dustin and interview... Uh, Burt Ward, Adam West, and Julie Newmar. It's the 40th anniversary, or the 45th, I keep forgetting, um, of the Batman 60s series. And, oh, it would be the 45th, would it not? And uh, the hub, of obviously, is is re-airing these episodes, and so it was, it was mostly sponsored by the hub. So that was amazing just to be, you know, talking to those people. And then we went to the world premiere of Batman Year One, which uh, you hopefully would have seen the review on my site. And, wow, it was a great movie, uh, for sure. So that was Friday. Saturday, um, it was actually slower than than I would have thought. So nothing uh, too terribly exciting happened. But of course, I may be saying that, and then something did happen, but it's just kind of going out of my mind. But um, I think the biggest thing for that day was um, meeting Tara Strong, uh, which was, wow. Uh, that was just great, and it was funny because I go up there with Josh, and it was right before a Cartoon Voices panel began, and I, I asked, you know, will you sign my back roll, my little back roll plush, and she signs the cape and everything, and I'm just kind of standing there starstruck, and it's weird because, you know, I had just spoken with Katie Sackhoff, the, you know, the, the the night before, and Adam West, and things like that, and, and I can't do this, but so Josh is there saying, you know, my friend does a back roll pocket, so kind of saying all the things that I couldn't, but it was great to have uh, a good friend there helping me out like that so that was a great moment and then we all went to see Captain America and wow it really blew me away it was a great movie definitely recommend that and then Sunday we had kind of the final round of interviews it was for Young Justice and I interviewed Danica McKellar who played Winnie on um, The Wonder Years and she's playing Megan on uh, Young Justice, and then I also interviewed a elite character designer, so that was great. So overall, oh, the, the experience was just great. Um, people, you know, we kind of always went around this group of friends that I had, you know, what was the high point and everything, and it was great interviewing um, you know, like Katie Sackhoff, obviously, and Warren Montgomery. That was great. And to see Bruce Tim or be within five feet of him and Andrea Romano. But I do have to say that I think I will still say that the highlight of, of that week, not only being with my friends, uh, Josh, Donovan, Zach from Clone Sonic Chronicles, John Wilson from Amazing uh, Spider-Man Classics, and then we met Eddie, who had appeared on... Amazing Spider-Man classics. So hanging out with those guys was a highlight, but also interviewing this nice gentleman, Brian Q. Miller. It was just so great. You know, I think probably you guys from listening from, you know, that past interview episode really got a sense of how nice of a guy he is, and it certainly holds true. He was just so great. It was really easy to be able to talk to him, and it was just nice to be able to physically interview someone instead of over Skype. And I certainly hope that it happens again, whether he 
on a completely different uh, book that has nothing to do with Batgirl. Um, you know, he's certainly a friend of the site and the podcast, so I'd love to continue to keep in contact and chat with him about what he's doing. Or if he does, you know, go on this rumored spoiler book. Who knows? I just definitely want to uh, maintain that friendship, hopefully. But it was just, it was so fun, and and it it really, it was kept light and everything. And luckily I wore sunglasses, and I think I said this in one of my tweets, but, you know, just him kind of talking about things and and the fact that Batgirl was Nancy, I'm even tearing up now. It just kind of made me tear up because it's just been such a great experience, such a great book. And, And in my short career of comic reading, I don't know if I've really had any one book that has never disappointed me. And to have that go away is just really, really disappointing. So just hats off to him. Thank you so much for this experience. I told him countless times how he really uh, made this character come alive for many people and, and how many people tell me that... Through my podcast, they started picking it up because I had been giving it such great reviews, and they too had become a Steph character. And that's not because of me. That's definitely because of him. So um, thank you to him. And so why listen to me talk anymore? You know, up next is this interview. And I apologize for the background noise, but really, you do all you can with San Diego. So it's such a great experience. And now here's the interview. Batgirl and Stephanie Brown fans, whatever she may be doing in the next year. This is Sel, and I am at San Diego Comic Con. This is D2, and I am so happy to actually have met in physical form Mr. Brian Q. Miller. I climbed 900 stairs to get here, so I'm glad I survived to meet Stella. It's actually very true. I told him there were a lot of stairs, but I neglected to give him the actual count, so there we go. That's a lot. I did my, I did my workout for the weekend. Um, so I guess we'll just dive in. You know, the second year of Batgirl, Stephanie's career as Batgirl is nearly over. What can you tell us about the goals that you have for this coming year and whether you, you think you fulfilled them or what you would have wanted to change if you could change something? Um, I mean, ideally I would have had a little more room to hang myself with issues-wise versus um, because around issue 30 is where I wanted to end the year, so the uh, the whole lesson arc itself was, and and it it still is, but was meant to go to a place where Stephanie learned that uh, the value of being proactive as opposed to reactive uh, and just dealing with the Reapers and Clancy and, and Nick that she had been putting out immediate fires but not doing that extra step of, you know, why are these people doing what they're doing? What can I do to put myself out there to help prevent things like this from happening? Which, in, in allegory-wise, or in the comparison-wise, Batman doesn't interfere. So was there something she could start doing by inspiring and, and kind of spreading hope for, for a better document that would maybe curb some of what she's talking about? So that was definitely a place that I wanted to take it. Um, and I'm just ran out of room. I just haven't had time to, to, to do that properly. So she definitely still learned something. Um, and hopefully it, it still lands like, a, like, a, like it's here in issue 24. Um, so uh, the other side of that, if there's anything I would do differently, I think would be just to, in the, in the Reaper story, to do the exact opposite of what it did order-wise versus showing a whole group first and then kind of ticking off like in the, in some overweight. Like, oh, there's seven people like boyfriends and then you're like, oh, we're 
number three. Okay, we're going to keep going. Like, it's fun, but um, to kind of go with, you know, oh, these people who like individually but are all working together and it's something much bigger, I think I would have restructured the year that way as opposed to sort of the first your favorite stories from this year. I have to specifically comment that back when I was 14, Supergirl was one of my favorites. And such a shocker, I think the back row 18, the Valentine's Day issue. At first when I saw the cover, I thought, oh, I don't know how this is going to go down, but seriously, one of my favorites. Thank you. Um, I think, I think issue 14 um, is probably one of my favorite things I've ever written. Um, and uh, Lee, for his time, like she did a fantastic job um, on uh, making that work. Uh, Aside from that, I think probably she said to Damien actually was, um, I know it was, I was just talking to Perry about this now, the signing booth, it was his favorite issue uh, to read, to have to draw, and I think it was probably in retrospect my favorite one uh, to write as well, just because there was such a good opportunity for a little more of a character or emotional reveal than, than you normally get in, in uh, I think that was our last 22 page comic, so than you normally get in a 22 pages of comic Thank you. 
Um, what do you think you would say this year was, was primarily for her? Um, I think this year, what, what I intended it for it to be and what it actually turned out to be, or I think slightly different, I think this year I wanted it just kind of mixed in. It wasn't in the cards, it just didn't work out. I wanted to do a little more of which one am I, my background, my Stephanie, and a little more of that push and pull between her college life and her life with her mom, and her identity, and, uh, and the other side of it. Um, and it just, uh, when you go sometimes from paper to keyboard, it just doesn't happen. So we definitely, Thank you. 
request um, to stop using the phrase anti mackerel, um, which uh, I was a little reluctant towards, but I think helped to put Sendway in a much stronger place with the title. So I think it started as a term of endearment, and it literally became what, what their operation was, um, and um, kind of helped to put her in a place to stand on their own for that last one. The end of, and I'm trying to think, I'm not so good with issue numbers, was it 21 where she kind of comes back to Firewall and, and everyone's kind of gone, you know, Barbara's not there and Wendy's gone and it's just a sort of sense of isolation. Can you talk a little about that? I, I don't know how much you can say. Um, it definitely, um, it was uh, issue 21. Um, originally the plan was not for Wendy to leave. Um, and a request was made for um, when you get proved out actually earlier than, than we did. So I tried to find a little satisfying character where they didn't wait for when you leave. Um, with the door open for us to catch back up with her at some point if we wanted to. I had a plan for that. Um, perhaps I was going to meet up with her on the way up the mountain to not the car back and make her a better offer and then things were going to go wrong. Uh, 
Charlotte and, and Red Sox up there. Was, was kind of her own way of dealing with her stuff. Like the Raphael, yeah. Up the back, up those turtles. She's she's the Raphael. Yeah. So she goes off and gets in trouble. Would that be like a library thing? Um, where they can hear this. That's weird. I don't know. I've never actually matched those up, so I wonder if stuff wouldn't be Michelangelo with a Leonardo sensibility. Okay. I like that idea. Okay. okay. Leonardo burns a lot a little bit. I think that's where he's like stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Oh, let's move on to Detective Nick. How would you describe the relationship between him and that girl uh, this year as compared to last year? Um, last year, I think they're definitely, um, I think we saw their relationship a little more thorough steps on in their interactions, um, aside from um, a great little bit that uh, I was going to mention before, where it's, it's Nick and uh, Commissioner Gordon in behind the car. Right. And then she goes by, which I guess is a hard time. All right. Um, Um, in the second year, but then once I got into, like, it's just 
confident in that he's misguided. He's just grossly misguided. And rather than being upset that they're wanting to hurt her, um, it was more, you know, he was trying, he was trying to, in his own way, help the city by blowing up the train to get convince people, finally, maybe, this place is too dangerous, we should go to and make people really forgot it. And in seeing the reaction that Stephanie got from doing what she did, um, I think he, that's where the, I'm going to go be a vigilante too, came from. Um, and it kind of came to a head with the two of them in issue 21, just when they had their confrontation about, you know, are you doing this for you or are you doing this for them? Right. And, um, and Stephanie looked like a real white I do feel a little bad for him in Steph's treatment of the character, and she even says to Barbara at one point, you know, is this why people hated Spoiler, because he's kind of that annoying presence that no one wanted near him, but I would have thought that Stephanie would have given him the benefit of the doubt, if only a little bit, because, you know, the beginning of her career of Batgirl, everyone was saying, you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this, and she didn't prove herself. So can you explain why maybe she was really hard on this? It was definitely... There was going to be a moment where she realized that that she was part of the lesson that, that we had to change what it was about. Um, that her how she dealt with him was directly affecting what was happening out in the field, and that she was going to try and turn things around a little bit. Um, and we just we didn't really have the chance to convert. So his death was not originally planned. It was going to happen much later. Okay. So. Okay. Um, the next one, Babs, I don't know how much you have to say about her. Um, do you think it made sense for Babs to leave her position as Oracle? And do you think that it was necessary for her to leave in order uh, for Wendy to really move up in her position? Um, I think it was, it, it definitely worked out. I think her stepping away, um, we were locked things up with the whole Oracle leaving and dying or not dying, like there's that whole wake of events in, in another book that I kind of only was glancing off of at the time, but silver lining, it did I mean the heart and soul of the book in the first year is that Gilmore relationship between Stephanie and Barbara um, and that little family they formed, so it was very hard to, to walk away from that uh, but I think it was for the best for Wendy's character at least because it gave her she was more than just that girl who gets mad and cries during physical therapy like it gave her uh, another place to go even if it was just to get away from the shoes it was at least it broadened her world a little bit so, so anything we could have done to give her more to play with give her more to interact with give her more purpose uh, I think was great the final character is you know a fan favorite the Waffles <laughs>
book that wasn't as creative as Streets was, and we're still in some of Streets is done, I think, but um, he was, was happy to draw something that was a little bit lighter, that was a little bit more fun, um, and I think uh, he did a great job. I think that you are probably the luckiest writer because all of your books, all the covers have looked so beautiful, and it really matches the writing within, so... I don't know. This has been one of the, the greatest books out there, and I, I've not been disappointed with any of the issues, so I'm very sad to see it go. Thank you. I'm sad to see it go, too. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, I saw Dustin. Um, first, I got some issues signed, and then I went back, and I bought some prints. And, and he, remi- he remembered me. He said, oh, you're back. Did I forget something? Uh, and then today, I went back again, hoping you were recognize me to get some, some sound bites, and he said, oh, you're back. I felt kind of awkward.
Rose that girl, so certainly didn't want in that last moment of her on Batgirl to have the other contenders Batgirl on the same cover. Right. And I think, I mean, I certainly don't hold you accountable for that. I feel like poor Cassandra has just been really led by DC. You know, DC has just told us so many times Cassandra will be back, Cassandra will be back, but it doesn't really happen. So I don't think you play any part of it. I think she needs, she needs the right you know, I'm, I'm sure people can debate whether I was the right person to come back in with Stephanie to help kind of re- reintegrate her back into the DCU in a positive way. Away. I think that kind of attention, or like what Jeff did with Green Lantern, like you need someone with that passion about that character to want to get her in. Maybe we're going to turn her into something special, but not that she's not special, but to get her back in a big way, which I think what people have said, I'm going to do some of the but I think you need that level, sure. that level of devotion yeah. and, and kind of love for Cassandra. And, it's, and, and I don't think it can be accomplished through, I guess, a spot in this book. And, you know, I'll want to show the other book, like it needs to be all about her in right. a big way to kind of get her character reset. Right, exactly. And Cassandra has, well, we've been told that Cassandra's not going to be in this DCU right now, and we've been told that Stephanie does have a place, whatever that may be, but we're hoping it's not like Cassandra being told, oh, she'll be there, but then never show up. So I get us no information on that was unfortunately. The next is from Cool B. Uh, he's really enjoying your current Batgirl title, and you're one, uh, he's wondering what you will be working on next after it finishes. Um, I'm working on, well, I, I just finished a graphic novel, an all-age graphic novel for a different publisher that I unfortunately can't talk about yet, um, which hopefully will be out either late next year or very early the following year. And um, uh, I'm also working on something for DC right now that is not a part of whatever you want to call it, the reboot, September, the reload, um, the number ones, whatever it is, it's not a part of that. Um, and uh, I don't know when it's coming out. So it definitely hasn't been announced yet. So, so hopefully, hopefully soon. And I can actually start answering things straight. Okay, that'll be good. Uh, the final one is from TNR 105, and he literally had a paragraph of praise for you. But I, I couldn't write it down because I, I don't have a printer with me. But basically he said that you made him a Steph, Stephanie Brown care of fan, and he hopes to see you writing her more in the future. Thanks. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's very... Um, especially after all the contention of when the book started. Um, it's certainly awesome and humbling at the same time to know that people, um, yeah, there, there were supporters, but there were a lot of detractors at the beginning. I feel like, I feel like Steph's enthusiasm, you know, wants some folks in her. So I think it's, I think it's great that, you know, we, we definitely had our reader base each month and um, that, they, that they came back to it and they let Steph come into their, you know, their poll once a month. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Do you have any plans for any additional rogues or love interests in the in the year to come? Where um, Deb is definitely going to be. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, there, was, there was a lot of stuff that like, goes to that. You know what what would have been kind of thing. But um, coming out of this year, learning to be proactive as opposed to reactive, and then kind of Deb being at large again was was going to be the big driving force for everything stepped in over next year. Okay, well, luckily no airplane flew over us. No, we did great. We did yeah. great. But we did see some 
some strange characters walk by, of course, constantly. Put you guys in ties. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for doing this, and it was a great honor to actually meet you. Thank you. Thank you for um, being, you know, supportive and awesome to work uh, the whole trip. Yeah, and we will be supporting whatever type of title. So we'll be ready. Don't worry. Thank we you. We've got some people. Okay? Thank you very Thank you again to the kind, uh, magnanimous Mr. Brian Q. Miller for agreeing to do that interview. It was, again, such a great experience. He's such a great guy, and I wish him the best of luck. We will certainly be supporting him in all his endeavors. If you have any questions or comments, remember you can send them to Oracle at gmail.com. Hopefully you guys were checking in on my Twitter feeds. Uh at Batgirl to Oracle, and I was certainly updating a lot um, just with rumors and, 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 and things like that. Um, I guess I should go over some of the things that I found out. Obviously, you should know now that Talia al Ghul will be in the Batman Arkham City game as well as Solomon Grundy. Uh, some scary things that we found out at the Batman panel is that Barbara Gordon is going to be a young woman just finishing her first section of college. I have no idea what that means. That could mean first semester. That could mean she graduated college and is now going on to grad school. It seems like we're rewinding a lot. As for questions about Stephanie Brown, uh, Dan DiDio said that he was not going to say anything uh, because he doesn't like to say things about spoilers, and I think that was a play on words. So it seems like Stephanie will have some sort of maybe miniseries, kind of like Huntress is having that six-issue miniseries. But those are the big uh, bat-related items. Obviously, many of you know that Wally West is just not going to be used, and I know that that... Uh, many people are disheartened over that. The the next animated films that DC will be and Warner Brothers will be producing are Justice League Babel. Uh, no, it's based on Justice League Babel. Justice League Doom, Superman Elite, and The Dark Knight Returns. So please keep signing that petition to get Batgirl Year One back into production. Now is the time because Batman Year One is coming out October 18th. And Babs is back in the suit, so now really is the perfect time to have this movie made. Once again, thanks to Mile High Comics for sponsoring Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Well, that's all I have for you. If you have some money to not really waste, but if you have some money to invest, I seriously, and are, and are looking for a great experience, I would suggest San Diego Comic-Con, and I hope to see you 2012. The Comic-Con is July 12th through 15th. Not that I'm looking ahead or anything, but until next time, fly on, Babs the Lovers. Just plain Barbara Gordon, masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling dare doll. Ah, I love a happy ending, don't you? <laughs>